Forward sizzle. I wouldn't read too much into what he said because he's just trying to keep him united. He's not trying to fracture him because there's quite a few that like Griffin. Mm. And if he hangs Griffin out to dry, he'll lose Hunt for sure. I think Hunt will go anyway, and we'll talk about that. I'll expand upon that. Yeah, it was disappointing. Um, yeah. Player in the bin. You know, they get two or three tries and that. It was just, um, yeah, it just wasn't um, wasn't how we wanted to play. And um, you know, it was just loose you know, with the ball. Yeah, yeah, I do think the effort was there for, for most of the game, but it's just you know, schoolboy errors that really hurt us. We just gave them too much ball. And Hook said they scored tries off some of our errors. And, um, you know, it's young guys are trying hard, but it's just not coming off. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing, particularly just the way we played tonight. The last five, you know, well period, we we played, you know, some really good footy, but tonight, um, yeah, we, our execution just, you know, was nowhere near where it needed to be, um, and that was a, you know, that was a whole uh, crux of the game. You know, I, I thought of. Uh, if we executed better um, and we're just a little bit more patient, we're going to get our chance to win the game um, through the 80 minutes. But we just never give ourselves a chance. Uh, yeah, I'll just you know digest this game. We'll get on with it. I mean, the game's just finished. Jesus. Yeah. G'day everybody. Well, it's been a long, long, long hiatus, not the footy show style, because this is episode 291 and the last one we did, Cogsmith, was in round six. So welcome back to uh, a little show we like to call Hooked, because uh, Anthony Griffin, the uh, Griffin's Biscuits era at the Dragons is over. I'm Warren Nicholson, that's Rob Cox. You've got episode 291 and not the footy show. Uh, took your coach getting punted for us to reunite, my friend. Yes, well, you know, people, people, friends get together when they celebrate, don't they, usually? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, Griffin's gone, mate, and, and should have been gone before this year began, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't want to lay – I've already laid the boot into him a couple of times when he was still there. Mm. Just because he's left doesn't really give me carte blanche to lay the boot in. But uh, what I will say is that the, the players did him no favours. Um, yeah. He obviously didn't have all the room. Uh, he had quite. He had a few of the the prominent players, but uh, look, I I think this is his third coaching appointment, and he's been fired all three times. All I would say to anyone who's looking at coaching him, uh, having sorry, hiring him as a coach going forward, be to look at what has he done in the past. And Here's the problem, Cogsmith, and and this is the problem: is that you look at his record, and you can understand why the Dragons picked him up. If they do exactly what you're saying, because he was, he won 54 games from 100, so 54 percent pretty much at the Broncos. Then he won 42 from 72 at the um, Panthers for a 58 percent winning record. There's a yeah, lot but, of coaches that but, would kill for a record like that. Yeah, well, look, right. I attended. I attended a few of their 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 ball sessions, their ball work sessions, and Griffin was nowhere to be cited. Mm, and this is the Panthers, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Uncle Gus had the polo shirt on and was running moves with him. So I I'm not sure how much. We were way, way ahead of everybody on that curve. 
Um, if you've yeah. listened to it back in the past, people, Gus has been coaching for years. Yep. I'm not sure that Griffin had too much hands-on to do with the Panthers, to be honest, and and I think he became uh, just, you know, he was just a spare bloke hanging around at the end, and they, they were looking for something else. Uh, he, his tenure at St. George is is regrettable and forgettable and should be forgotten and moved on. The only thing they shouldn't forget about it is when they're hiring guys, do your due diligence, and when someone starts to get shaky, make a decision quick. Um are they going to do that for the uh, next coach? I don't well, know. look, I, uh, my suggestion would be to whoever hired, whoever was the, the 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 tipping point person who hired Griffin should go as well. So this is the end of 2020 that he got the job. So he came in in 2021. Yeah. Uh, just for the record, yeah. uh, three or two and a half years, uh, 22 wins from 58 games at 37.93%. Uh, they finished 10th and uh, 12th and 10th, I believe. Yes. 11th, sorry, in 2021, eight wins, 16 losses, 10th in 2022, 12 and 12. And this year they're two and eight yeah. and they're in 16th position. But that's not last because we've got 17 teams now. Mm. Yeah, look, it's dismal, mate. Um, and like I say, at the end of the day, whoever hired him, if they're still around, should should probably do the right thing uh, and depart as well. Well, is it the Dragons it, board? Because that seems to be the ones oh, that made this oh. decision when they came out with their press release. Uh, I, I, how do we how do we start with the Dragons board? Because there's a line that they had when they let him go. I'm just going to open it up. Because um, you know they're just on fire with their media department at the moment. Uh, Ryan Webb's the CEO, and this was his comment. He goes, "These decisions are never taken lightly." And on behalf of the club, I want to thank Anthony for all his hard work during his time with the Dragons. Here's the line, Cocksmith. Given there are like two quotes from him in the whole press release released in their coach. Unfortunately, mm. our performances over the first 10 games of this season have not met the club's expectations, so it was decided he should finish up his duties this week. Mm. So they've judged him on this 10, not the you know two seasons beforehand. Which begs the question, Cocksmith, if, he, if the Dragons don't win three of their last four, I think it was at the end of last year, let me just check that, they won their last three games last year. Mm. Yeah. Does he get punted at the end of the year? Because that, I mean, there's a lot of Dragons fans I know that would have loved that to have happened. Uh, that I think those three wins saved his job somehow. How does it? How does a board come to this decision now when that the writing was on the wall? They they were in ninth spot, pretty much in the thick of the race last year when they mm. beat Manly in round 19. Okay, mm. and that was they'd had a little bit of a wobble before that, but then they lost. The Cowboys, Cronulla, Canberra, all teams fighting for that eight spot. And then they won three in a row at the end of the year and they finished in tenth. Like they missed their opportunity. You just gotta you gotta pull the bandit off then, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. But this is a little bit like someone that buys a this is a bit like someone that buys a crappy car. Um and and it's going well for them and they they all of a sudden decide to try and preach how good the car is. You know, like this is this is a. I, I guess what they're they're doing positive reinforcement here. Yeah. Somebody at the Dragons said, "Well, he's won the last three. He's you know he, he's an amazing coach." The last three. I mean, they were never in the hunt to get into the finals, and they who they beat they, Cocksmith? just out of interest. Do you know I have no beat? idea, but it's, it's probably guess. someone like West oh, Tigers. Yep. Gold Coast. Yep. And um, the other team that fell away what? last year, Warriors. No, no, that 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 fell in a heap at the end of last year. Remember, they were. Yeah. 
top eight certainties all season, and then they lost like that. Manly. No, Manly. close. Brisbane. Right. Okay, well, yeah, Manly and Brisbane both. Yeah. So Gold Coast Tigers and Brisbane, and a bad Brisbane at that is what saved his job. Mm. So, 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 yeah, look, I, I mate, I think, um, uh, you know, he's obviously going to get paid out for the year. Um, they'll they'll continue paying him his wage, whatever that might be. Uh, but you know, going forward, let's let's put hook to the side for a moment. Yep. Going forward, I really hope you know dumb people continue to do dumb things, mm-hmm. and I really hope that that whoever the dopes are that are signing coaches at St George, I, I do hope that they have some safety measures in place if they get Riles. Um, well, that's that's a done deal, Doc Smith, because okay, Robertson's so, already pretty much admitted that's happening, which is hilarious. Right. Yeah, he's so if it's a done point. deal, yeah, if it's a done deal, they're talking five years <laughs> now. You know what? I, I would I would like to I would like to personally some safety measures in place. I mean, I know it's not their money, so they don't really care. It's exactly. the NRL's money that they pay. Bingo! Nail on the head there, my so, friend. So, but but it is the fan base, and the fan base are, are very tired of this. Um, I think then they they need some safety measures in place. If after two years they've continued to fail, then he should be put on notice. You know that you know what next year you've got half a season, bro, and from then we'll make our decision. But you know. Hopefully it works out, but but Riles is untested. Riles is a you know an Adam O'Brien. Um, you know he was the Adam O'Brien was the was the uh, golden haired boy, um, and he hasn't done a lot. You know he hasn't really done a lot. Another one that uh, had to get released out of his Roosters contract as assistant coach early. Yeah, exactly coach. right. Yeah, so. So my, you know, I, I think we're going to pin all of our hopes as Dragon supporters on onto Riles, and I really hope it worked out because uh, I haven't had much to do with with Jason Riles, but from what I hear, he's a good man, mm. uh, a good, good, honest bloke, and um, very, very straight shooter. I mean, Anthony Griffin's known as being the same, a good, honest bloke and straight shooter. Uh, so hopefully, Riles can connect a bit better with the playing group and probably change some of the playing group. There will, will be some that will leave. Uh, we discussed before the pod started. Yeah, um, I think I think Ben Hunt will leave. Uh, I think Ben Ben Hunt's probably so sour on the club right now that I don't think he could ever come back from that. Come um, to Canberra. Well, I don't know if Canberra is all that good for a Queenslander boy, but I, I think it'll either be Canberra or Canberra. Oh, gee whiz! Do you not know and, your history? <laughs> Some of the best Queenslanders and, of all time played at Canberra. Yeah, I know, but it's it's different different day and age now, mate. Uh, everyone, Jack White's money waiting for Benny Hunt. Come down. Everyone wants a warm holiday and a you know nice warm place yeah, to live. Is only, the days. coast is only two and a half hours away. That's the South Coast. Some kind of some kind of PR manager for Canberra. I've got a Canberra nine ninety four Canberra Premiers t shirt behind me. I see it. Um, I've got I've got the green on today too. Accidentally, yeah, by the way, Mate, we are we are winners of however many in a row. Thank you very much. Uh, going well, that, you know, flying. You know, you know those dinners that you owe me. Well, I think we're going to add another one to the list because you just sacked oh, your coach. Oh, mate, I, I was going to take you to dinner a couple of weeks ago, and you wouldn't answer your phone. So, oh, let's start out. that. Let's start that conversation. Uh, I've you been left out. On, let's just say but, I've been left on red for a long time with Cocksmith the last month or so. Uh, 
Um, I want to talk about uh, the the Griffin McGregor comparison quickly. Yep. They yep. persisted for five years with Mary. And, you know, you look at his record, Mary McGregor, and there was no doubt he needed to go, but he ended up with mm. a 46% winning record from 151 games at the Dragons. They made the finals twice. The highest they yep. finished was the second week finals. His best yep. year was 18 when they won 16 from 26. But it felt like they left, persisted for at least one year too long with him, if not if not longer. What's fascinating about the Griffin decision is it feels longer than two and a half years. Is that a fair comment? <laughs> well, I think I think it's he's been under time. the microscope. Yeah. He's been under the microscope for for two of those two and a half years. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe maybe wrongly, but everyone expected Griffin to come in and and do better than than Mary. Um, obviously, ends up with a worse did, record. Did you did you feel that? I'm asking as a as a Dragons fan. Yeah, you know, some of the time. Oh, um, did you think that when yeah. they signed him, you'd improve? No, you know, I, I was actually one of the ones that didn't. I, mm. I actually thought that what we were going to see was a, a coach without any great ideas and just a bit of more of the same. Um, that's what I ideas, thought. Scott he had some ideas. I got some. I got some transfer recruitments. Well, <laughs> well he he had some he had some ideas, and I think one of the things that we punished him about, and one of the things that I think is is fact is that he kept signing old blokes, hmm. uh, blo- blokes Bronco, that were good Bronco five, six, seven yep. years ago. Um, you know, when his biggest when his biggest signing at the beginning of this year was Ben Murdoch Masilla. Uh, well, I, you know, I've, I've been following rugby league for a long time, and and Ben Murdoch Masilla was good about five or six years ago. Um, he was when better he, in the he, UK. He never really set the world on fire here. When he when he signed. Josh McGuire. Um, well, that 2021, Cocksmith, let me just give you the list, okay? Go on. Yep. Gerard Beale from the Warriors, Jack Bird from Brisbane, Billy Burns from Penrith, uh, Kate Ellis from Penrith, uh, Poasso Famasuli from the Roosters, uh, uh, who else? Freddie Lussick, I think, via the Roosters, Andrew McCullough from Newcastle, Josh McGuire from North Queensland, and Jermaine Tanua brown on a loan from the Warriors. It's just... Mm. Jack Bird is the biggest signing he had for the three years or two and a half years he was there. I don't think he was even a um, Griffin signee because I think he signed possibly through the middle of 2020 uh, to come for 21. Right. Uh, the next year, he added George Burgess. That worked out spectacularly. Um, Jack Gosesky from Manly. Then the Moses and Bai experience <laughs> still going. Uh, the big name signing, other than the two, there's two other names that he spent a lot of money on, and this just puts you in the perspective of just wow. Francis Molo from the Cowboys, after 15 minutes off the bench for Queensland, they signed into a massive deal. And the other big name was probably the best thing that's worked out for him from a, I guess, form point of view is Moses Suli, who they picked up from Manly, who's actually yeah, been Sully's... a pretty good, pretty good pickup. Yeah. But there's nothing there. I mean, Musgrove's the other mm. one that would be. The, for this year, along with Murdoch Masilla. But it's just, it's so underwhelming. And it's 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 like, well, it worked kind of for me five years ago in Brisbane. I might try it again with these guys. And they just feel like, this is going back to when I asked the question about where you, what you expected from Griffin. We watched his press conference from the Cowboys loss. Nothing from that inspires you. No. His first words when they say, how did that feel? It was disappointing. 
It's disappointing. Mm. Well, that's that that's a really apt word for the last two and a half years of of the Dragons under Griffin, oh, and I'll be honest, probably yeah. under McGregor as well. It's been disappointing. Oh, mate, look, we we haven't. When I say we, the Dragons haven't given their spectators and fans really any hope since Bennett left. And and I'm not I'm not even being dramatic. I mean, there's just been nothing. I mean, who was the coach after Bennett? Name him. Pricey, the, the water boy, right? Yeah. Who was the who who was the coach after Price? McGregor, McGregor the water right, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and then, and they've still got this. Is the thing the one thing that annoys me about the Dragons is they've got this thing. They they seemingly are the only club that have it. They've got this thing where they're convinced. They're absolutely blind blindly convinced that they need an ex player. Yeah. Is a really good an point. ex-Dragons player to be the next coach. Geez, that worked out well with McGregor, didn't it? And it really worked out well with Nathan Brown too. I mean, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, I can't Stephen remember Price who, who was, was. Stephen Price, remember? That he was also Steve a, Price was he played, a, Steve played Price was an ex-player. You know, so they keep bringing these ex-players in. They keep failing. And, and, and you know, someone famous once said that the – you know, the definition of, of of stupidity or craziness or whatever is just doing the same thing over and over again and failing and expecting a, a result sometime. The, you know, Riles might Riles might be the guy because he's been outside of the dragon system in good systems like the, yep. the uh, Storm and the Roosters. Uh, and also in English under Eddie Jones and English Rugby Union yeah, for a little while. There, didn't he? Yeah. So, so he might be far enough removed to come back and do the job. But, you know, I said it on a forum this week, uh, you know, someone said, who's going to be the next coach? I think it might have been the NRL Roast uh, thing on Instagram. Yeah. And I said, look, un- unless the surname, if the surname is anything other than Riles, Hasler or Flanagan, we're going to keep seeing what we've seen for the last 13 years. Not going to be Flanagan. Because Did you see his comment? Oh, no, it's not going to be Flanagan. Oh, well, it's not going to be Flanagan because Doust has a problem with Flanagan. Well, everyone should um, have a problem. Even with though, well, I think Flanagan's, I think he's probably oh. the the highest credentialed coach because yeah, but- he's done something similar at, mm. at Cronulla. I know why you've got problems with him, but well, look. Did you see his comment if, this week? You- no. He pretty much said, no, oh. I'm open to any coaching opportunity, but not St. George Lawara, basically because they passed over him again last year when he was the assistant and tried to yeah. white ant Griffin. I, I, he's I, not I my think... kind of guy. He is not my kind of guy, old Flanagan. Sorry. Look, look I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind Flanagan. I, I think Hasler would have been the best of all of them, but it also he's, depends he's on where reset. Hasler's at. He's the biggest reset, isn't he? Yeah. Hasler. Well, it also depends where he's at because you know he might just want a payday. I'm not sure. Um, so Canterbury a few years back from memory. <laughs> hopefully they do their due diligence though. I hope Riles is the right man if they, he's the one, the chosen one. Sounds yep. like he is. And I hope that the, the contract they give him is flexible in both in Ooh. both ways for the coach and for the let's see what the, they pay. The that's a, that's the biggest question here. Uh I just wanted to quickly touch oh. on the interim coach Ryan Carr's comments. And I guess where it sits with you, the, the long and the short of it is people that is he's he's showing confidence in his team. He's, you know, you mentioned this before we got on air. He's trying to galvanise the club. There's a comment here that I just, I just want to. There's two things I wanted to bring up. One is he pretty much has reversed the Griffin direction with Hunt at hooker and 
Sullivan at halfback, and he said that we signed um, Ben Hunt to be a halfback. We signed Jacob Little to be a hooker. And, hey, lo and behold, Zach Waymax is back in first grade. He also says that that decision was made while Hook was still in the building. You fair enough with that? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't necessarily believe that that decision was made when Hook was in the building. I, I think <laughs> that that's a little bit of – I think he's – you know, I, I don't think that – yeah, I don't think the new coach is – I'm not going to brand him a liar yet. But he's doing that, I think. He's saying what he's saying to keep the, the group together mm. rather than to draw a line between him and Griffin. He's trying to, you know... But certainly, certainly the first thing that I, I think almost any coach would have done was to bring Little back, flick Embi to Reggie's. I mean, he should never play NRL again as he is at the moment. I mean, he's ordinary, mate. He's, he can't, he's got to get he, a deal in the UK give, Super League. Just, just go over and you'll be a star. He, he, he doesn't need it, mate. He's made plenty here. He's made plenty here. He doesn't need it. He, you know, he, he doesn't give good service out of dummy half. Um, his defence is okay. He's no good in attack. Uh, the bloke, uh, to, to coin a phrase from my son, mm. we call him an NPC. He's a, he's a non-participating character or a non-playable character. <laughs> That's what he is. And and he, should, he, sh- he shouldn't be anywhere near that team or any NRL team. He has no business whatsoever, yep. in yep. my opinion. So, to be fair to so, Benoit on that comment, he does do the same thing week in, week out. He doesn't change, <laughs> just like an NPC. Yep. Uh, the next comment I wanted to punt, punt on is uh, the self-belief factor you just touched and said. This is his comment. It was a real good week just to focus on what we can control. It's a good opportunity to go out there and put our DNA on the field and show what we are as a team, regardless of the opposition. Note number one, I'll come back to that. The second one, uh, we're just trying to come together really tight as a team. I genuinely feel like we've got everything we need right here. We don't need anything else. The answers are here with us, and we just need to make it about us and stop worrying about everybody else and all the outside noise. Now, Hook Griffin's departure has allowed him to do that because the pressure will be off him for at least the next month. They won't be asking any <laughs> questions. Uh, what I found funny about this uh, whole soundbite is it sounded like it came straight out of that ch- chat GP um, AI thing. It's like I need something inspirational to say, just like a cut and paste from that program, because it's it's ludicrous for him to sit there and say these the the answers are here with us, and we've got everything we need. Like I'm sorry, you don't. Uh, and I want to see him change some things. I want to see him have a crack. You've got a perfect opportunity, well, here, Ryan Carr, to put some resume out there because you need to change the DNA. What you've been showing, what this team's been showing for the last best part of a decade isn't going forward. It's not showing that the next step is is on the horizon. Change things up, buddy, because if you think it's just it's all still there and if you just, you know, galvanize and all this garbage, they're gonna, they're not gonna do anything. They're gonna stay down the bottom. You know, I agree. I, I don't think they have everything they need there. Uh but but they do have the roster is good, right? The roster isn't as bad as 16th place. There's no way in the world the roster's that bad. Um, you know, I think they're they're a they're a team. Even even on an ordinary day, if they were playing to their ability, I think that team could finish around about ninth or tenth. Okay, mm-hmm. they aren't a 16th place team in this competition. But Griffin had some funny ways about him, other than being a, a funny kind of a, a dude in, in who he recruited. He also did some funny things like Suli, Suli and Lomax switching sides. Lomax has done nothing this year, mm. right? And be, because he's not playing on the correct side. 
And Suli's not doing a whole lot either because, again, he's not playing on the on his correct side. Um, that he needs to switch those centres back to where they were last year when I'm they could attack. I, I, I reckon that'll happen this weekend. That's that's my prediction. Well, you know, they, they say that that they took him, they took Lomax out of the the position he was in because he kept flick passing it across <laughs> the sideline. That's his best asset. But you know what? It is coach 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 him. You're a coach. Coach him and yeah. and make him more make him more. I guess uh, accountable for his. For, for his mistakes, don't just move him out of that position like a kid. That's like a that's what point. you're doing under nine. It's a great point about you know make him more accountable. He he seems like someone who the moment that he got um, basically drafted as a next the Blues player, it's all gone downhill since. And he's just seemed like he's Whoa. had this one man band of I can do anything I want. This stupid yeah. the stupid slam stuff he does in tackles. He just he yeah. seems like, and I know this is probably out of turn, but I'm gonna say it anyway. He seems like a very selfish individual in regards to the team ethic. It does. Well, and you know, I want to see him change I think, that. I want to see him change that. I think, I think inherently NRL players are, are selfish individuals and they have to be yeah, on a personal level to, to get where they've got to go. But it shouldn't come across in the team and it kind of has with, with uh, Lomax a little bit. Yep. Um, but sitting him down with no – like treating him like a child, sitting him down and, and allegedly not talking to him for a couple of weeks – yeah, he's a great man. Like treat him like a man. You know, he might be acting like a child, but treat him like a man. He's a man. Yep. You know, uh, sitting players down and, and getting rid of your best players out of the team. I'm not sure if there was some kind of disobedience or some kind of a uh, behaviour issue at, at training or whatever. But even then, anyway. you're paying the you're paying the bloke seven hundred grand a year. You know, he should be in your your first string team. He's fit. He didn't play in the Reggies that week. Um, so it'll be good to see him back. It'll be good to see him get. You know, switch the sides again. And, and Ryan Carr has got probably a great opportunity here. He's probably wanted to be, I know he coached in the UK, yep. but he's probably wanted to be an NRL coach and he's got his golden opportunity for the next 15 weeks or whatever it is to to have a crack and do the business. So, Quickly, two things to wrap up the Dragons part. They play the Roosters tomorrow night, or tonight, sorry. Uh, when you listen to this podcast, you might get in before then, you might not. It's sort of dated once I talk about this, but golden opportunity because you're playing a team that just got smashed by 40 points. They don't have their halfback. Uh, haven't got their dominant centre slash 5'8". Uh, they look a bit of a rabble at the moment. Their coach has openly said, I'm not doing my job properly and is capping no heat at all from the press. No shocks there. Uh, and, yeah, let's see the bounce back. Let's, let's see this DNA exposed from the um, the Dragons because you won't yeah. get an opportunity. And their fans, this is the second part of it. Scott Smith, they're actually averaging more, they're averaging four thousand more home fans this season than they did last year. It's the fans yep. are turning up, so they're going to turn up tomorrow night, yep. I reckon, because there's a lot of anti-hook um, sentiment out there. You, mm. I'll say this right now: they can save their season. I'm, I'm saying top eight, but they can save their season if they win against the Roosters. So let's see what happens. As you listen to this podcast, the season one I lost <laughs> because we've gone eleven weeks into a 25, 25 round. 25 round season, yeah. 26 round, 27, whatever it is. It's, it doesn't need to, you don't need to finish in the top eight to be successful from here. You just need to improve, get up into the, get up into the, you know, nine, 10, 11, and it'll be considered a successful season for Ryan Carr and for the, and for the players who come back from second last, you know, uh, they've got it ahead of them, but I think they've got the, I think they've got the roster to do it. So let's see how, how coach Carr manages it. And if Riles gets the gig, 
the sounds of things, the Roosters are happy letting go. Well, probably with a financial incentive. But what is really fascinating to me is what next year looks like roster-wise. At what stage can Riles be involved in that? And that's the big I question. I think he has to be involved this year. And that's what I'm saying. That's the big question. They're, they've got to find a way to quickly get him involved in recruitment for next year because they need players. Oh, they need a change in yep. direction. Uh, they need a team machines to come in and get rid of all the dead weight because he's doing wonders at the Tigers. Quickly, let's go to the uh, referees last night. There was an incident uh, with the on-field ref and the state of origin ref, Ashley Klein, in the box. Quickly, Cocksmith, give me your summation of what happened. Well, it was a dog's breakfast, really. I mean, uh, Reese Walsh uh, competed for the, for the, for a, a bomb that was put up um, uh, down on Penrith's uh, line. And, um, look, in, in my mind, I mean, I think the ultimately I think the, the correct decision came through. But uh, I think Katoni Staggs scored a, a, a try off of that bomb. Um, yep. Subsequent after after Reese Walsh um, went up for the, the high ball, um, Tony Stag scored a try, uh, and Adam G, the referee, sent it to the to the bunker to have a look at. As now, no the, try. one of the first things as no, try. as no try, one of the first things that that um, Ashley Klein in, Klein in the box said was Reese Walsh is c- competing for the ball. Um, what does he say verbatim? He said, and we've, cleared, we've for cleared the contest. And we've cleared, playing on we've cleared the contest. We're playing on from here. <laughs> and then and then about five seconds later, they show it again. But something happened just before he even competed for the ball. He pushed somebody in the back. No, he, he, he basically ran through and ran his, through his body forward into Tyrone Peach to take him out. And then he turns his body to then compete for the ball. So... He's yeah, trying to, but, trying but to even hide be, the fact that he's what he's doing at the start. Yeah. So so he took two players out, the yeah, guy competing for the ball, the ball yeah, and another did. player. I think it and might have been Sorensen. Passed. He pushed yeah, him he out of the way. He pushed him out of the way, yep. Yep. So and so Adam G, he he hears what Klein said about cleared, you know, I've cleared that, but he's just competing. And then Adam G says, and you hear him on the mic, and and this is why I want the mics always on. Yeah. Because they say stuff to each other that we clearly don't hear, and they didn't want us to yep. hear this bit. Yep. But Adam G says to him, oh, Ash, no, 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 that doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right. And then on the very next view, not 30 seconds later, on the very next view, Ashley Klein says, and not, I'm not quoting, but something along the lines of uh, Reese Walsh. We're just looking at Reese Walsh. Out, <laughs> and he takes the player out. He just cleared him. I, I, mate, I was screaming at the TV last <laughs> night. I, I, I couldn't believe what I, I couldn't believe what I, I, I said to Kim. This is like, I said to Kim, my wife. I said, "This is like discovering the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. We've just seen something or heard something we shouldn't see and hear." Yep. It was a it was a dead set G up, mate. I, I think Adam G got it right in the end, even yep. though I don't think he had a great game. Just quietly, um, I think he got yep. that one right. There were so many baffling decisions in that game last night, and he kept waving his hand above his head and giving six to goes. And I mean, look, fair play. They do have a job that is an unenviable job. I wouldn't want to do it. Mm. The pressure, but they signed up for it. I didn't sign up for it. No one's forced them to do it, you know. And they're under the pump this year, the refs, for very, many and varied reasons, but mostly because they, again, that old word, they can't be consistent. 
it's impossible for them to be consistent. Well, they're backpedaling on foul play and hip drops and all this kind of stuff. Apparently now they've finally got a video together after 10 weeks of what a hip drop is. That's, that seems like something you might have well, had up your, up your sleeve after a week if you'd been fair income about it. But I just want to quickly go back to that decision because this was an interesting point I got asked on Twitter. I just sort of posted, I can't believe the state of origin ref cleared that. That's ridiculous. And someone said, well, why did the referee refer it to the bunker if he thought it was no try? And here is the the problem with the whole bunker, all right? That's process. And you've heard me bang on about this word for years because I've been sitting, I've sat in the bunker as games have been done and I've heard how it works. Because they have a bunker and they've spent all this money and they're continuing to spend all this money, they have to justify the bunker. So there are processes in place that when a try or a no try or a possible try is happened over the line, they have to use the bunker if they think it's no try. Or whether they think it's definitively no try, they're not going to, you very rarely see someone, a referee go, no try, we won't check it at all, because they have to use the process. And this is why we had Klein get the opportunity to stuff up, because he gets called into a play that the, refer, the on-field reps already said, I don't think it's a try. It's only because the process says you have to use the bunker that we saw this happen. And the, the mm. biggest problem I've got out of it is, as we understand it, the on-field ref can't overrule what the bunker does, but that's pretty much what happened. He did. <laughs> and it happened he did twice. Last night. It happened twice because the yeah. Marty Tapper yeah. high shot that should have been 10 in the bin, that's a bad... I don't know if he's got... Uh, we're recording it just before 10 o'clock, so I guess we'll find out soon. That was a bad tackle on Lindsay Smith. Well, mate, I mean, look, this isn't the only one. Let's cast our mind back a couple of weeks when when Jared Weir Hargraves copped one across the chops yeah. and told the fella he's going he's gonna to crack him. Right, that that should have been ten in the bin every day of the week. That should have, that was high. It was it was at least careless, uh, and it was right across his middle of his face. And yet, and to power go a last year night, ago, gives go it a year to, ago, Coxsmith. Remember when Matt Lodge got that penalty against Canberra for barely getting touched oh, in yeah. the face, and the ref, video ref interjected, yeah. and it cost Canberra the game. And it's just an example, but that's apparently yeah. serious enough to cost someone two points. Yet we've had these incidents. Moses Leota last week and. And and this is why this is why we're talking about it because it's frustrating and and, and people like probably like Annesley can't understand why are they talking yeah, about fun. it. You know why? Because it because it pisses us off. That's yep. why. It's it's like you you want to watch a game of rugby league and you go okay well I'm, that's that should be a sin bin or that's a penalty I understand it but when it's not you feel like hold on why why isn't it tonight is something going on is someone on the take is someone what's Mate, what's going on the Taruva try. You know the rule for double movements changed. If your torso ends up uh, over yeah, the line, yeah. you can do whatever you like before the line. Yeah, yeah. Let's I mean, explain that but, to me, you know, honestly. Like, oh, the, anyway, the bunker thing. The bunker thing. Scott, Scott Sorensen's try. Oh. You know, yeah, he, he he did knock it on, but only if you slow it down into super slow mo. There's probably two or three frames there where he's scooping the ball. And who knows? He, he that ball may not have been touching the ground when he did that. He could have been, you know. I thought they interpreted they that, that they maybe touched the the Broncos player as he pulled it back to him. That's the only thing I could think of that they've tried fine. And anyway, no, but no. What, is, what they said was he scooped the ball and he's pushed the ball into his other hand along the ground, which constitutes. He said, Ashley Klein says that constitutes a knock on. Oh, uh, and then we saw. We so back to the Tapau one. We saw the refs basically say, "No, nah, I need to put this on report after the video ref cleared it." Like, please. <laughs> that was bad was it too and late he, in the game to give 10? Yeah, yeah. well, apparently. I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where that's just the stay on the field, mate. Um, and the other one, no. um, oh, I've just had a blank. What was it? 
Uh, oh no, I've I've killed myself because it was a good one. Give me give me some thinking music, Coxman. Don't be relying on him. How many times does this happen in a game? What did you want to say? You got a minute and a half. Oh, uh, it was the uh, James Fisher Harris excessive uh, tackling. Oh, <laughs> oh ex excessive force. It wasn't a cannonball. It was just a hard tackle. And yeah, it was a little unsavory. A bloke standing up. He comes in from behind he, and he wedges him with his shoulder. But that's no penalty. Look, There's it's a cheap wrong, shot. No but rule it's, broken. But it's legal. Yeah. It's like, honestly, Mate, it reminded me of that scene from the blind side when the big fella picks up. Um, the guy who's been taunting him all night and just takes him to the end of the wicket, end of the road, and he goes, he, yeah. he needs to go back on the bus, or whatever he says it. And I'm like, <laughs> like that was just exactly not the against, same thing. Not against so, the rules. Not uh, against the rules. That's episode right, 291. Um, we were doing this for 20 minutes. It's gone for 40. Deal with it. Cool. Uh, I've been Warwick Nicholson. That's been Rob Cox. Uh, hopefully your Dragons show some fight tonight, mate. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast after have, they've shown some so fight, too, exclusively predicted, if you're listening to it after they got belted again, well, that's pretty much what this Dragons board has put together. So uh, good luck, Jason Riles, eh? Good luck. Mate, I will uh, talk to you over the weekend. Take it easy, brother. Talk soon. Pepsi? We are one different. Yep. What do you got? Canberra aren't making the finals this year. Oh, stop it. I'm hanging up. I've got to go, mate. <laughs> the bars are calling me. The honky tonks are playing my tune. What? What are you talking about? Not the show. Show. You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi. <laughs>